When Nancy Wallace deposited $5 in the bank, she was helping the bank to create credit used in carrying on the business of her community and her country and her world. Welcome to Amnesty TV. Bankers. It's their job to get the most bang for their buck. But did you know that some high street banks invest in cluster bombs? That's the same cluster bombs that are banned for being so good at killing innocent people. Is your bank one of them? In this special episode, filmmaker Chris Atkins reveals all. But first, a close shave in Saudi Arabia. Beheading. You'd think this type of punishment got the chop after the French Revolution. But you'd be wrong. Saudi Arabia is still at it. Can you guess how many people were beheaded in Saudi Arabia last year? Was it seven? 17, 27, or 37? Find out at the end of the show. Remember when the banks ran out of money? Remember how they needed our support? After the financial crash, all the banks promised to clean up their act. NatWest, owned by RBS, ran an entire advertising campaign about how they were down with local communities. They even built a cricket pavilion for some kids, then spent a fortune telling us about it. At the same time, RBS and several other high street banks have been quietly investing in the companies which make cluster bombs. Weapons that are supposed to have been banned by an international treaty which Britain has signed. The easiest thing to think about cluster bombs is they're kind of like bombs within bombs. So you've got a big outer casing and then inside it's full of explosive bomblets which are small, kind of about the size of a coke can. So many of these submunitions don't explode when they hit the ground. Uh, so they lie around uh, essentially like landmines. I think it's true that 98% of deaths are civilians. There are figures that show between a quarter and a third of casualties from cluster munitions are children. Even decades after a conflict has ended, they can still be lying on the ground. And there were 270 million explosive bomblets that were dropped on Laos. There were 80 million submunitions that failed to go off. It's the most bombed country on earth. So I travelled to Laos, where there are still millions of cluster bombs waiting to go off. They were dropped well before our banks got involved, but it would show what effect the bombs made today will have in the future. I visited the offices of MAG, who have a demining program in Laos, and was introduced to their chief coordinator, Buffalo Bob. This is a US bomb. So it's uh, killing people at the moment. That's the bomblet? That's a bomblet cluster. So these are all inside here? 100 meters radius that you can die from the ball bearing. Bob showed me the scars he had received when he was nearly killed, playing with a bomblet as a teenager. Me and my friend tried to play with this. You tried to play with one of yeah, these? Yeah, like a pitong. My grandmother said, oh, you are a very na naughty boy, and sent me to the temple. She, she was right. Yes. <laughs> we then joined a team who searched the paddy fields looking for cluster bombs. 
a member of which had lost his leg from one. When live bombs are discovered, they call in a special clearing team who allowed us to join them. So there's definitely cluster bombs sort of Yeah, in, definitely. In around here. You can see the sand back there. You got another one in there? A 200 gram block of TNT. We're going to use firing cable over there and yeah. connect it with one detonators. Three, two, one. Fire in the hole! How many people are killed? About 300 die. Every year, yeah, 300 every people a year. Yeah. But these children, they weren't born when the war was being fought. Yeah, it's only some uh, adults. Hello, Chris, very nice to meet you. 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 Have there been many accidents here since, since the war? Since the bombing of Laos, the West has used cluster bombs in Yugoslavia in the 90s and in the invasion and occupation of Iraq. Most recently they were used in 2006 when Israel carpet bombed the south of Lebanon with millions of, of submunitions, um, really only in the last three days of the conflict there, leaving a, a pretty massive legacy of, of contamination. The international community then came together to try to ban cluster bombs forever. In 2008, over 100 countries, including Britain, signed a treaty that banned the making of cluster munitions. It also prohibited assisting their production. Investment in a cluster munition producing company is assisting with the production of cluster munitions. Because unless you have money as a company, you can't produce cluster bombs. In 2010, the government enshrined the treaty into law with cross-party support. All of that was uh, a remarkable achievement uh, for politicians, for governments, but I think also very much for civil society. The Act didn't prohibit investing in the companies that make cluster bombs, but assurances were given that this would soon be outlawed. Alistair Burt is the current government minister who has the power to close this loophole. There is a provision in the convention to stop, to prevent assistance being given to those who would manufacture the weapons. Uh, and we've taken the view that the indirect financing is not covered by the Act or the, or the treaty. And if NGOs and others want to work with banks towards a voluntary code, that's entirely a matter for them. But would you support Amnesty or other NGOs in engaging with the banks on this? Well, I say, I, I, I don't actually think there's much help we need to provide. This has effectively left a loophole in the law. Banks are now able to provide loans and other forms of financing to the companies that make the weapons. I'm making a short documentary for Amnesty International about cluster munitions. And I wondered if uh, there was possibly we could talk to you or a representative from RBS. I mean, we have a policy that precludes funding, manufacture right. or mm. trade in.
cluster munitions, but obviously this it relates to general corporate finance. So, well, okay. well, it's used as word assistance, really, isn't it? Yeah, so, well, so, so you've money is fungible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. m- m- money is what? Sorry, it's fungible. <laughs> it's fungible. Fungible. It can. It can. Fungible. Once I haven't heard that word. Once, sorry. It's, once it's lent, it can go anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, I think. I think. I think that's the problem. So it's. It's. Uh, uh, the, the. The treaty states assistance. And, and as you said, if it's lent, it can go anywhere. So the best way to stop assistance is to simply stop lending. Yeah, OK. Something that you, would you think that the bank would want to do an interview on camera or not? Um, my initial inkling is possibly not. OK, okay bye. Thank you. Cheers, then. Bye-bye. None of the banks would talk to me on camera. Looking at their websites, they do like to talk about corporate social responsibility with statements that are particularly believable, given their relationships with the manufacturers of cluster bombs. Our goal is not, and never has been, profit at any cost, because we know that tomorrow's success depends on the trust we build today. We operate in accordance with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights We also promote human rights through our employment policies and practices. We therefore expect every Barclays employee to conduct themselves according to consistently high professional and ethical standards. Beyond our day-to-day business, we are committed to serving and supporting the communities in which we operate. We have in place a number of initiatives to ensure that we take account of human rights in our broader sphere of influence. As RBS is owned by us, the taxpayer, I wanted to know what they thought of this. Do you work for RBS? Yeah, I do. Do you want to think about what your company's doing in cluster munitions? Because RBS invests in a company that makes cluster bombs. I didn't really know about this particular thing, to be fair. More really, I'm not sure if it's the correct thing to do. Do you know that RBS are investing in the companies that make cluster bombs? Excellent. How much money is it making us? Oh, about 20 million? Oh, print that. Is that, is, is that good for you? Yep. Fantastic. How do you think you get paid your benefits or whatever? My or benefits? University I'm not on benefits, I'm a journalist for Amnesty your, International. Or your healthcare. What, from cluster bombs? How do you think the banks make money? Well, by investing... Yeah, but cluster bombs, they mainly kill civilians. Sorry? They're things. I know they're things, but they mainly kill civilians and children. They've been outlawed under an international treaty. Well, then that's wrong. That's wrong. So I went to the house of his boss. But given he makes money from explosives, we took along added protection in case he takes his work home with him. Have you seen any of these men? You're aware that they're using your money to, to fund uh, the manufacturers of cluster bombs. <laughs> he lives in that house there. We thought we'd just uh, warn a few people. How awful. Yes. And we worried he might be bringing some of his work home with him, have a few bombs lying around the house. Well, you're very good. Without you, where would we, we wouldn't feel oh. safe. Companies that make cluster bombs are still being funded by UK banks, some of which you and I own. The UK government is doing nothing about it, despite promising us they would. 
They didn't want to listen to us, but you're their customers and they have to listen to you. Go to the Amnesty website to find out ways to tell your bank to change their ways. In a statement, HSBC said that they have brought in a new policy that specifically exclude business with companies with any involvement with cluster bombs. But this is only for new customers. They have an existing financial relationship with Textron that they have not ended. Barclays emailed to say that they do not directly finance cluster munitions, but admitted they do have a financial relationship with Textron. Their policy enables them to continue doing deals with companies that make cluster bombs in the future. Lloyd's issued a statement saying they do not invest in the weapons themselves, but did not deny giving financial support to the companies that make them. RBS emailed claiming that they do not invest in the companies that make cluster munitions and that they do not recognise our claims. This is in spite of a number of publicly available sources that show them giving financial support to Lockheed Martin. Many banks in other countries have managed to end all their financial relationships with cluster bomb manufacturers. It's time our banks did the same. Amnesty News. Oil pollution has devastated the lives of millions of people living in the Niger Delta area of Nigeria, according to a UN report. It confirms previous work by Amnesty International which highlighted the way Shell and other oil companies have for decades allowed oil spills to foul the waters on which local fishing communities depend. Responding to the UN report, Amnesty said Shell had had a disastrous impact on the human rights of people living in the Delta. The local economy and ecosystem was destroyed and people's health was endangered by carcinogens in drinking water. Amnesty's Global Issues Director Audrey Gorgren said the UN report gave lie to Shell's claims that it worked to the best international standards and was responsible for just two of the big spills. Arab residents of a village bulldozed by the Israeli government to make way for a new forest are being sent the bill for the demolition of their own homes. The 300 Bedouin villagers, all Palestinian citizens of Israel, say they have lived in the Negev desert long before the state of Israel came into existence. Israel says they are illegal squatters and has evicted them many times, most recently in July. But every time they are forced out, the villagers return. Now the Israeli government has started a legal action claiming more than 500,000 US dollars to cover the cost of forcing the villagers off their ancestral lands. Amnesty International has called on Israel to end this discriminatory treatment and solve all land disputes fairly, taking the needs and rights of residents into account. Every year around the world, hundreds of people are abducted by security forces and held in secret without charge or trial. Some are tortured, some are murdered, some will eventually be freed, but the pain of not knowing what has happened is the same for all their families. People like Ibrahim Gazdiev, a 29-year-old shop manager who was seized by armed men believed to be Russian security forces in the Caucasus Republic of Ingushetia in August 2007. His family have no idea why he was taken or what has happened to him. They just want him back. To support this campaign, go to amnesty.org.uk slash Gazdiev. And finally, 
This programme often features people demonstrating for the right to freedom of speech. But what about the freedom to be quiet? In Belarus, more than 2,000 people have been detained this summer for taking part in silent protests. In a country where most dissent is banned, people gather in groups to stroll in silence. Sometimes they clap. What they don't do is shout their protests against government policies. But it's still too much for President Alexander Lukashenko, who is proposing a new law to impose sentences of up to two weeks on people who take part in demonstrations without permission, even if they don't make a sound. I'm Andriana, that's the Amnesty News. Did you guess how many people were beheaded in Saudi Arabia last year? The answer is... 27. Saudi Arabia beheads men and women convicted of murder, drug trafficking, rape and armed robbery. But they don't use a guillotine. Executioners use a traditional curved sword called a scimitar, which is Arabic for lion's claw. Sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, everything that's wonderful. Oh, and...